This podcast includes discussion of materials surrounding trauma, and we acknowledge that the content may be difficult. As always, we encourage you to practice good soul care and reach out to someone if you need support. Welcome to the Mindful Marriage Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Tara Wiedemeyer, licensed professional counselor. And with me, I have Brock Yonke, lead care and support pastor at Hope Fellowship. Man, got the title right and everything. That's big time. Thank you. Thank you. How are you doing, Brock? I think I'm doing okay. Um, you know, I think. I think, yeah. It, so it's it's a little, you'll hear this episode later, but it is April Fool's Day it that is. we're recording. So I don't know what shenanigans are going to go on today. So hopefully no shenanigans. So we'll see what we'll happens. See. No so promises. I'm on edge a little bit. All right. All right. So Brock's going to start us off and then we're going to jump in. So last podcast, uh, we talked about how this has been impacting my marriage. But as I think about this, it's not just a, this could be called the mindful life episode today because it's not just how it impacts your marriage, how it impacts all of your life, work, friendships, driving on the highway and all that kind of yeah. stuff. And so it made me think of this passage of scripture. And sometimes I think people can use this passage to shame others. And so I don't want it to be a shameful thing at all, but just insight into how insightful Jesus was. Mm-hmm. And so... When, and a reminder to stay in your lane. And a reminder to stay in your lane, or as I like to say, draw a circle around yourself and stay in your circle. So, But in Matthew chapter 7, verses 3 through 5, it says this. It says, Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? It would hurt if you had a plank in your it eye. It would hurt think. if you had a splinter, too. That's true. How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when all the time there was a plank in your own eye? You hypocrite, first take the plank out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. And so I think this whole season, our idea has been it's so easy to blame our spouse, to blame others around us. And we're just advocating again, it's so important, so healthy for us to do some work on ourselves to see if we're responding in the healthiest way to the world around us, especially based upon things that have happened to us, adverse things that have happened to us in the past. Is that an okay way to say that? Yeah. Totally. And I think a lot of times we don't even know that there's something in our own eye because we're so focused on others. And if that's the case, it's hard to, this work is hard enough without that going on, yeah. you know, so. So Jesus knew what he was talking about? Is that what I we're would, I think he did. Concluding yeah. here a little bit? Okay. Cool stuff. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing that. Okay. So last episode, um, like you said, we just talked about how this has impacted your marriage, but we didn't actually spend a lot of time on it's been more, it was more about like how it impacted your life and kind of your relationships with people and just kind of how you saw the world or, or your neuroception. Mm. Um, there's a word for you guys to look up, but how, how has it really like, since this is a marriage podcast, can you spend a little time telling us how you think that this has really affected your marriage over the years? Yeah. And I, Again, this is, it'd been nice if my wife, Alicia, was on here. She could say, here's how it's affected our marriage. And listen, all my, love that. all my dirty we laundry. We may have to bring her on. Yeah. But I think in a lot of ways, as I've reflected on this question, as we prepared for this episode, it's difficult for me to sit in negative emotion. And so I think in that way, it's really impacted my marriage. So if I've ever felt criticized or put down or belittled, and there's a feeling inside of me, a negative, it's almost like this ball of negative energy, like, I just want to get away from that or attack and say, no, you're not going to put me in that place. And so I think that comes from the trauma in the past. So what does that actually look like though? Like if you have that 
ball rising inside of you or attack? What, so what does that mean? Yeah. So if uh, in the attack mode, I'll say sharp things back to my wife. I'll um, raise my voice even. It's almost like I want to control the situation a little bit and say, no, no, no we're not going to go. <laughs> we're not going to go there. Uh, and so I think in, in, in flight, it can be like if I feel like she's criticizing me at all and I'm not handling it well, it's like I just want to get away from the situation. Like, we're not going to talk about this anymore. Like, we're done with that. Or just like shutting it down. Just shutting it down. Like, no, we're done. We're not, I'm not going to hear what you have to say uh, about me because I'm not in a place to receive. I mean, I don't, in my mind, I'm not thinking, I'm not in a place to receive that. I'm just like, no, we're not going to go there. And I think it's also impacted my marriage when Alicia's having a rough time and she wants to talk. And like if, if it's like a, it's like fixing would be the right mode for me that I feel like I'm in control, but just sitting with her in that negative emotion is difficult for me. So therefore I think it's impacted our marriage in the sense that sometimes she just needs to have someone listen to her and hear her and see her and value her. And if it's any negative emotion, I feel like I'm being a part of the problem at all. Again, I'm wanting to get out of that or flee from that situation. So it's been hard for me to fully sit in that. So either criticism, fleeing, or not sitting with her and helping her feeling very hurt, I think are some of the major ways that it's impacted my marriage. And also stress too, when maybe the, the furnace isn't working or the car breaks down, I can get kind of jerky in those moments because I feel out of control. And so I think those are some ways. I just always, I like it when things are nice and neat and tight and in control. And then yeah. when it's not, I get emotional. But rare is that life, you know? Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So what is it safe to say, like, even her, like, if she was going through something, would that activate or stir stuff up in, you, like, your own stuff in those moments? Yeah, even with my kids, because I want everything in everybody's life to be perfect all the time. And I want them to just be sailing through school, uh, sailing through their choices, you know, all that stuff. And so whenever I feel, because I feel like in some ways it reflects on me. Well, that's what I was about to ask is, like, does it feel... Like, let's say Alicia had like, you know, and I don't want, like, let's not speak for her. She's not here. But like, if she were going through something or had a stressful day or she was in a stressful season, does it feel personal? Yes. Even if you can see it's coming from like external sources. Yeah. Because I just don't want any negative emotion. Oh, like, let's okay. just solve this. Get it figured out. Here's a plan. Move on. Be happy. Eat dinner. Watch a show. Whatever it be. Just move on. Let's get, get out of this negative emotion as fast as we can. Okay. So... When that happens now, with where you're at, what you know, all the work you've done and your growth, yeah. if there's conflict either in your marriage or, again, like let's say she's had a bad day um, and brings that home, how does that impact you or affect you now and can you sit with that? I'm getting better. I still have a long way to go and there's days that I'm better than other days, but like I can feel or sense in my brain this little voice least letting me know what's going on now. Like, hey, I don't know if it's the word, like, I don't know if, don't necessarily know if I hear, hey, you're being triggered, but just this idea of, man, the best thing to do as a husband right now is to just sit in this moment because she needs to feel valued. She needs to feel heard. Uh, I can feel in those moments when I feel criticism, realizing that, hey, this isn't necessarily personal, or it could even be this person might be having a bad day. They're not processing information well. And so they're attacking a little bit so I can sit in that and take it so much better. Because before, if anyone would give me negative feedback, it was, it was debilitating. Mm -hmm. Like there'd be a couple of days I almost 
I would use the word, I feel paralyzed emotionally for a couple of days. And that's just not the case anymore. I feel like I can hear that, separate it and say, hey, that's something I can work on. Doesn't mean I'm a flawed human being. Um, and really one of the books that helped me out a lot in that was that book by Carol Dweck, Fixed mm-hmm. Mindset versus Growth Mindset. And a fixed mindset, if anyone ever says something's bad about you, that means, oh, the whole the whole thing is bad. Whereas a growth mindset said, says, I can take these little items and grow and learn to be better. And so that that kind of mentality, I guess, goes in my brain when I feel attacked That's or cool. threatened. So Thank you for sharing that. Okay, so... Oh, we're turning the tables quickly. Oh, I had a question for okay. you. All right, All right so so if I'm st- still struggling with these things and I just can't, like the anger happens or the flight happens, what can I do, Tara, from a, for, as you've worked through people through, is it, it's EMDR, right? It's not mm, doctor. Yes. I think we established that last time. Yes. All right, and so what can I do to get better and not, not do these things? What, what's, what's the next steps I can take after I've identified, here's what's going on, how can I actually start living life a little bit better? Yeah. Um, I think that looks different for everybody. We, I try to follow just the very organic trail of where they're at. Um, so it is natural. It makes sense. It's not forced. Um, and so that could look a lot of different ways. Like if we just did EMDR and we closed out, you know, a, a, an experience and a target belief, um, then we might go back to the timeline and keep reprocessing and keep doing EMDR. Um, We might need to, and this can, you know, we can move in and out of these things as well, like even with EMDR work, but we might need to just like work on unlearning certain things. It's kind of like muscle memory. That's not the right term, but like, you know, we, like we kind of talked about before, we sometimes have unhealthy coping mechanisms that can be habitual and kind of our go-to autopilot stuff. And so just because somebody finds some healing, some more clarity, some awareness around something, that doesn't mean everything that was tied to it or coming from that or even just in life, like everything's not just going to settle itself and start flowing really well, you know? So sometimes we have to unlearn stuff. Um, and that could look very different um, depending on the person and the context. Um I was a softball coach mm-hmm. for a long time in my glory days of coaching. And so like people would come to us and there might be some hitches in their swing, like yes, dropping their exactly. elbows. Yes. And so it's not like they were a horrible hitter, but we can make them better yeah. if we could just work on the form. But it took time because they'd still drop that elbow or still get their arms out wide and right. things like that. And so it just took time for that muscle memory. So we had to keep learning, yeah, keep absolutely. progressing. And then all of a sudden it became a little more natural in their swing look like a they could a step up to the swing. plate not even have to think about it and they're going to hold their arm or their body the way they're supposed to you know yeah. and so but it took time yeah absolutely yeah. and there's you know for some people it's you know once they get there it's like second nature and they don't have to think about it anymore for some people like using that analogy that you just said like we may have to always remind ourselves when we get up to the plate do this do that do this before we're in like the proper stance and ready to like knock it out of the park so to yeah. speak so yeah no that's very that's a that's a good analogy wow look at me look at you go yeah um so we can also work on like healthy coping mechanisms we may need to um work on like some communication or assertiveness skills that comes a lot uh, or that comes up a lot in this kind of work um in my experience um learning what healthy conflict can look like because a lot of times like what you just said like 
some people might shut down. Some people might get aggressive. Some people might leave, you know, just different things. And so, okay, now that I know where, like, now I know what I know and I don't want to show up to my marriage like that, what do I need to do to, like, have healthy conflict? Because, again, conflict is not is not a negative thing. It's when it becomes combative or aggressive and unhealthy. Conflict can be, like, an ama- it's, it's an amazing part of marriage, honestly, And but it's not always comfortable, but it doesn't have to look scary and aggressive. Because that's how you can learn. Yeah, that's we definitely can. And so I think that's a huge part of this. Um, can I ask a quick question mm-hmm. here And this? Just make sure I'm on the right track. And so really the first step with EMDR and working with people is to go back and reprocess those events. Mm-hmm. And once that healing begins to take place, then now it's like, it's kind of like you've swept the room out and now we have to refurnish this thing with new skills and new behaviors. And so, so that's step one is working with those traumatic events or those hurtful, painful events. And then now step two is once you've done that, it's, it's beginning to put in some new ways to handle opposed to your old ways. Would that be an oversimplification or is no, that even close? I think, no, that's good because I think as amazing as finding freedom and healing is in this type of stuff, having more self-awareness um, is so helpful. And that growth and that new, like whether it's, you know, self-awareness, clarity, objectivity, it can shine light on other areas that we need to work on. And so it that's why, and we say this all the time, but it's 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 just a journey. You know, it's not just like a one and done kind of thing. Like when we get healthy in another area, sometimes concurrently or afterward or whatever, like then we move to something else and because we see it differently or we're like, we don't like how I, you know, I don't like how I feel in this or I don't like how I show up to this kind of stuff. I want to do better. I need to figure this out. Where's that coming from? And so, um, yeah, it's, it's not usually just like one thing there's, it's tied to so many other things. So this whole time I've been thinking that just go to one EMDR session and I'm done. So you're telling me this is kind of even a lifelong process. Yeah. Not necessarily in therapy, but for some, but yeah, yeah. yeah, like, no, I think this is, this is lifetime work, you know, um, it may look different over your lifetime, like you might be in therapy, you know, um, for six months doing some like really hard, consistent work. And then you might be, there might be seasons where you can kind of like take a step back and not be as intentional or aggressive with it maybe. But I think we're always supposed to be taking inventory, learning, doing better, figuring stuff out, you know? Um, so there's a couple terms that I want to throw out. So this goes back to EMDR, EMDR, I think. Okay. All right. So unhook and desensitize. So, so that's going back to those traumatic events. And once those things have happened, then we can start that relearning process. Is that close? Yeah. Well, when we're talking about trauma work with EMDR specifically, yeah, I use the term unhook. Um, but yes, when we were targeting those memories and images and the physical sensations and the limiting and negative beliefs. And so when we close that out, we finish that particular part of the journey. Yes, that belief, you, sh- you shouldn't be getting triggered anymore um, or having, you know, let's say whatever it was that we were working on was like where panic attacks stemmed from. Hopefully mm-hmm. you would see some relief in that. And, um, but yeah, it's, that is that is one part of it, but it's very much trauma affects us mentally. I mean, we've talked about this, but 
from all facets, but it is just as much physical as it is like mental and emotional. And so that's why it's so important to make sure that we're clearing all the physical stuff when we work on it because our bodies hold on to that stuff. It remembers it even if we aren't aware of that or we don't want it to. It just does. And so clearing that out, making sure we're good to go before we say, okay, we're done. We're closing this out. Um, But there are times down the road where that might get, that might pop up again for different reasons. But, you know, because we don't know what we don't know. And so like life transitions can happen. Some just things can occur that can like hit us sideways and it might activate some stuff that we didn't even know about. And so we, we look at that and we keep going. So let's take me again for an example, just to make sure I understand. So Alicia says something, it may be completely innocent, but it triggers me and goes back to those events of feeling ridiculed or put down or not good enough or something like that. And so I still can feel, it's like it sets me, it's like I, I, like I lose my balance for just a moment, but then all of a sudden all this new information can start flooding into my brain saying, hey, this is not worthy. Uh, the tiger's not chasing you to mm-hmm. go back several episodes. This is an opportunity for you to realize, hey, have a growth mindset. Uh, that you might learn something from this or even, hey, she might be having a bad day. And this is about you. Yeah, yeah. This, this she may not have said it the way I wanted, but that's not for me to necessarily judge. And so all of a sudden, all that new information starts flooding in my brain when I'm at my best. And there's times that it doesn't, I'll just react poorly. But when I'm at my best, it seems like all that information floods in my brain. And all of a sudden I'm able to respond in a mm-hmm. way that I was, man, as a kid, I would have loved to respond that way, but I just couldn't do it. Now all of a sudden I'm starting to respond, yeah. maturing, I guess, a yeah. little bit. It's that. like a pause gets built in for us. Yeah, you know? that's a good way to put it. And it allows us to hopefully again, pause, but be more mindful and look at this through a healthier lens than maybe what we've done just by habit for so long or out of protective um, factors or, you know, the, a dysregulated nervous system even, you know. So So, it helps us stay in our window of tolerance or at least, hey, I just got knocked out of it, but I'm aware of that I'm out of it. What do I need to take care of myself to get back to it? So you're being mindful in your marriage? You are. Wow. Look at there. That's Full fancy. circle. Yeah, fancy. So if if someone comes to you and they're just getting triggered in conflict all the time, like you're going to work them through kind of to see if there's some, but like what would be next steps? Like, hey, if this conflict seems to be a continual issue. Like if I know that they have a history of trauma? Yeah, and you've already kind of worked through that okay. stuff. What would be your next step? Like, okay, we've worked through a lot of stuff and you're still having some conflict problems. What would be the Tara Wiedemeyer solution to moving them forward, to start instructing them on what healthy conflict looks yeah, like? Or, we know. will definitely, I mean, there's different assessments we can do, like one, like the four horsemen that we did, the self-test. By Dr. But, John Gottman. That's right. Um, but there's, you know, there's different things that we can do to see like, okay, how are you doing conflict? Like, what are your expectations around conflict? What are your beliefs about it? Like, just really unpacking that. Um, and then, because a lot of people don't even know that conflict can be healthy um, because it has a really bad rap, you know, and a very negative connotation. And so I'll say conflict and they hear fight, you know, or knock down drag out. And so it's, I think, even like educating them on the, the language and the, what things could really potentially look like from a healthy perspective. We would definitely like look at uh, communication styles and Um, boundary setting and all kinds of stuff. Like, is it tied to 
any traumatic stress? Do, do you have negative beliefs around this? And if not, then, you know, that would kind of, that might look a little different than if it was like, no, I, it, like, it appears to be coming from, you know, this experience that I had or the way I grew up. Um, and here's my, my beliefs and my just like maybe even fear or shame I have around that. And then we could, you know, maybe do EMDR over that. We could, again, there's, there's so many things. And so, and that's the thing. It's, it's not a one size fits all. And it's just. So everybody's going to have a unique plan. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And that's like, I tell my clients all the time, like you're the boss. And so again, it, I don't ever want it to feel forced because that's harmful. And also it's not going to be helpful. People are like, we can't force them to see things or know things until they're ready to do that, you know? And so it has to be a very organic, not one size fits all, um, gentle, but intentional approach. So they're, they're controlling how the therapy go. They're the boss of it. It's funny in our relationship, we've been friends for a lot of years and I've, I've only heard the phrase from Tara. Hey, I'm the boss. I've never what? heard you're the boss. And so I've they never. Yeah. That. So, so that here, is false <laughs> folks. False. So here's a quick question. So maybe the way we've done marriage work over the years is a little backwards because it feels like we do all this education piece and you can have this education piece, but if the hurt and the pain and the trauma is not dealt with, the education piece is is not always going to work. It can fall on deaf ears kind of sometimes. Yeah, sometimes. I think, again, it depends and we're never going to, again, we don't know, like if you're doing it, like let's say from like um, re-engage you know, everybody in the audience is going to be at a different place. So I think we have to mix it up and maybe revisit stuff down the road too, because we're going to hear it differently or for the first time, maybe even though it was said before. But I think education, resources, empathy, support, compassion, and then and unpacking stuff like you've you kind of move around and use all of those pieces, you yeah, know? Yeah. And so, but yeah, I think it's just like, we've talked about this before, just not on air, but like, even with scripture, like, I hear this all the time from people and I've experienced it myself, but like, you could read a verse that you've read 432 times before, yeah. right? And today, it hits you very differently than it ever has. It's maybe an aha moment or you just connect with it differently. I I think that is very just life applicable. Like, that's kind of how all of this is, you know? So we stay with the process and just never know when things are going to impact or when things are going to hit in a certain way. Absolutely. Like we're, we're, my wife and I are working with a group right now. We're going through re-engage with everybody through the curriculum for a second time. And so it was interesting. And even in the first lesson, everyone's like, I, I, I'm so different than I was when I first did this, or I'm Absolutely. so much more open to hearing this. And so it's like, cause they've been doing some processing of what's been going on in their yeah. life. And that's the thing is like, you don't know what you don't know. And so this deep work, this beautiful, but hard work and, the healing and the growth that comes, you're going to be in a different place. And so you may have to go back and have the same conversations again or read a, a book you've read before so you can squeeze even more out of it, you know? And yeah. I think that's completely okay. Um, in fact, I encourage it, you know? But that's why it's like, again, it's, I want it to just always be very organic and just follow the trail. They're the boss. They are Unlike the boss. Our, our friendship. So here's some things I'm going to, that I've done over the years that have helped helped me. Maybe you can share some things that you've done as well. 
but over the years to to learn to to unhook to desensitize. Look at me. I feel like I'm just getting in this therapy you. world. All these words here. Learning. I can just pass my caseload off to you, right? Yeah, <laughs> poor people. <laughs> uh, but like reading books, like I mentioned that growth mindset book was huge for mm-hmm. me. Um, reading Gary Thomas, uh, who's a Christian author about marriage, was so helpful for me. Dr. John Gottman, who I'm I'm probably his biggest fan, I think, a little bit. But going to re-engage was also a game changer. Uh, going to counseling and talking to someone was a game changer. Uh, going to regeneration, game changer. All these things were like mile marker events that were huge um, events in my life. Uh, and then even just, I know these things aren't, but like, Having a consistent life of exercise has really helped me because it feels like exercise gets rid of some of that emotional pent up energy sometimes, and that's been huge. And then just having a, a group of people, like I, I talked a few episodes ago about that sandbox mm-hmm. and letting people in, and just feeling like there's more safe people that I've learned that are truly friends that I feel like, uh, and that's just eased a lot of that. And so, like even uh, you know, tear our friendship over the years, I feel like. Uh, like you can see the sandbox at least. I don't know if I'm going to let you in because you might, you might, That's you might, because de- you might destroy my toys if I let you oh in. <laughs> I might eat your sand. <laughs> yes, you might eat the sand. And so, but those are just some practical things that I've done that have really been yeah, massive, awesome. massive things for me. Yeah. So. And at different, t- like in the different seasons of life, some of those may be more appealing or helpful than they would at other times, you know? Um, for me, like a lot, I mean, what you said for sure, but yeah, books have been. Books are my friends. So for sure books. Um, I, but I think having a a good, strong, healthy community around you, and that's going to look different. Like that's, I don't think it's supposed to be huge necessarily. Um, but people that you can be vulnerable with and you feel safe with and not judged. Um, I think that is very helpful. Um, I think sometimes we need to also reevaluate like, our relationships and our stressors in our life, especially like, you know, if we've done work, we may not, like, we're going to look at things differently once again, or like our tolerance level might be, might have shifted or will have shifted. And so we may need to set boundaries that weren't there before. We may need to have conversations we haven't had that we've been avoiding or putting, you know, whatever. Um, But we may need to break up with some friends or people in our lives or, go back and apologize to people and say, like, I want to do better. This is where I'm at. Like, I love and appreciate you, and I'm grateful for you, and I've, I haven't maybe shown that, you know, stuff like that. Um, But the healthier we get, the easier it is to do those things. Yeah, I don't know. I I don't know if I'd say easier. I think the more stomachable or tolerable it might be. Yeah. Yeah, because I think that takes, you, you know, you have to swallow your pride and your ego there and it's vulnerability, which feels uncomfortable for most, if not paralyzing. But yes, we would at least, I think, have the motivation and the willingness to do so yeah. for sure. Yeah. Um, but another question I like, I ask people a lot of times is like, can you continue to do the work with the way your life is right now? And like the work on like yourself and like taking that inventory and growing and stuff. And if not, changes may need to be made. You know, so maybe that's, like I said, like some of the stuff I just said with conversations or breaking up with people or boundaries need to be set. You might need to change jobs. You might need to let your spouse in on some stuff that you haven't yet. You might, you know, or you might need to take a leap of faith that you've been too afraid to take. Like it's not always 
not that those things are negative, but like it's not always going to maybe look like a loss or discomfort. Well, it might still look uncomfortable, but you know, it, you might be like, you know what? I'm finally going to do this thing that I've been wanting to do, but like those limiting beliefs held me back, you know, that kind of stuff. So yeah. just kind of take, I think we have to take constant or consistent inventory and then make the necessary changes throughout our life. A lifelong journey is what it I is experiencing. That's continual learning, continual um, growth, community. All those things are so important. So Terry, you had a, a teaser in there about our next episodes that we have going on here. Did and I? so, yes, you did. Mm-hmm. So next time we're going to talk about how, to, if, if you've learned all these things, you're growing and your partner's not on that same journey. How do you oh, help yes. your partner and yourself? And then we're even going to get into another episode down the road about what happens if you've been hurt by people in the church yep. and you a don't feel church hurt for yeah, you. Yeah, you don't feel safe in that community as you're seeking yeah. out community. So because even in the trauma world, you know, I say this a lot, but everything's on a spectrum. But everything from like church hurt to spiritual abuse, um, that that comes up a lot. Mm-hmm. And so I think we need to, I think we need to look at that and honor that for people because. There's a lot of shame um, and confusion and hurt around that. And I think it happens oftentimes unintentionally, but I think it happens so often. Um, And yeah, I think we need to shine a little light on that and help people kind of. This little light of mine. I'm going to let it shine. Can you sing that for us? No, no. If if I were to sing on air, I think our, uh, our, our. Our 12 listeners. Our 12, (laughs) 12 listeners would be down to two. So. Well, Tara, thank you uh, for your time. As always, you're awesome. Uh, continue to hear great things about the work that you do to help other people. And so thank you for that. You're you're amazing. Well, thank you. And thank you for um, letting us uh, poke at you and your transparency and vulnerability the last, well, always, but especially the last couple of sessions. So. Yeah. I mean, and like we, the name of our podcast, the Mindful Marriage Podcast, it really is in my mind, I can see things so much clearer now in those moments of strain and difficulty. And I'm just very grateful to to those that have been on that journey with me and to God for the healing process. And uh, I just keep taking that plank out of my eye as much as that's I can. Awesome. It sounded like an acceptance speech until you got to the plank in your eye part. So. <laughs> yeah, that's what it was. I like to, <laughs> I'd like to thank God and my mom. And so, to get really contemporary here, I'm not going to walk up on stage and slap anybody. Oh dear. So. Too soon, brought too, too soon. soon. All right. Thank you guys for joining us for the Mindful Marriage Podcast. We'll see you later. Bye, everyone. Bye.